Graham, how was your day? My day was good. We got our missing cat back, so nothing nothing really can upset me at this point. It was he was gone for six days. He's ten miles from home at the uh, National Monument, apparently touring Aztec ruins with uh, strangers. So shout out to the kind rangers at the uh, Aztec Ruins National Monument for returning our cat. All right. We're, we're, we've been all over the Twitter today, and we're going to talk a little bit about what we got into today. I wrote something on dog sports concerning me about the offensive efficiency, and I flat out called us out for not being elite. And before we get into it, this this FTMF hat, we always do, do this at the end when you guys tune us out. This is this game-worn FTMF hat will be available on dogsnats.com <laughs> at the end of this show. We do have them on uh, – we do have them uh, for sale if you want to get ready for the Florida game that's creeping up on us. And also, I wanted to shout out Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and he is uh, challenging people to donate a point um, – a, a certain amount per point scored in October uh, that, that the Georgia offense puts up there. So if you want to help out uh, the Bulldogs battling breast cancer and help out a good cause, uh, check them out on Twitter and on the web and you can go to the web and check it out too. So shout out to Dwight and those guys because they're doing wonderful work. Well, according to you, that's not going to make them too much money because Georgia's offense isn't going to be you can, you can do, you, you can donate more than a dollar <laughs> per point. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we got into it today, and um, I, I mean, I've I've looked at some numbers. Georgia is is putting up points; they're winning games, and they're winning them easily. Uh, I do have concerns about this is not an elite offense, uh, and and I know that you know people that watch the games are going to say stupid nerds. You know, numbers don't count winning, and 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 how we're winning matters does. So with that, I'm going to open the floor to you, Graham, and uh, tell me. Well, no, I mean you. Give us a little bit of a summation of your article from today and kind of, you know, what you're seeing in the stats that that gives you cause for concern before I, you know, okay. get my side of it. So uh, last year, um, you know, okay, first off, the whole thing starts with this is not the offense that we thought, and that's not anybody's fault. JT's not healthy. Um, our wide receivers aren't healthy. This is not the offense that we thought that was going to be record-setting. Um, and returning 90% of offensive production. We've got Stetson Bennett uh, heading the quarterback until the foreseeable future. And we, my point is we saw what Stetson had. We all criticized that Monken couldn't call the plays and couldn't, and didn't, the whole playbook was not open to Monken and the offense because of the limitations of, at the quarterback play. And I know, and you've said many times that walk-ons get better too. And that's, I, I know that to be the case, but I just, I think, we have a lower ceiling. It's I don't think you would argue that that the ceiling is lower offensively with Stetson playing and not. Uh, is that you or me? That's okay. You're good. Um, so with that, um, I've got. Oops. Nope. Don't want to do that. Sorry. Uh, we're good. Okay. So here's the offensive success rate through five games. Georgia is. Not bad, and it's an improved from last year. Under under uh, JT, we averaged about 46% success rate on offense. We're above that now at 49%, but still top top third, middle third of the SEC. But look at this total EPA. This is, you know, and I did a, and in that story, I linked it. So if you want to go back and watch a YouTube explanation on what EPA does and what total EPA does, you can see it in two drives from the Alabama Georgia game last year, how is two scoring drives, both put up six points on the scoreboard, but Georgia's total EPA for the drives was 4.8 and Alabama's was six point, uh, right at six points. 
uh, 6.0 or whatever it was. And that just tells you how efficient that offense is. There weren't a lot of third downs. There weren't a lot of negative plays. Um, and Georgia is significantly lagging behind uh, what you would call, you know, some of the lead offenses of, in recent years. Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, Missouri, Tennessee, and Florida are all ahead of Georgia in that stat. Um, and Ole Miss has played one fewer game than Georgia, uh, I, I would add. Now, it's, you know, a football team is both sides of the ball, and everyone, and, and I don't think anyone saw me arguing against how, how awesome Georgia is on defense, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think that that defensive production is sustainable through this fall. Um, they are pretty much healthy, especially when Tyke gets back. So I have issues with just expecting a 3.6 yards per play and a 25% success rate or 28% success rate allowed on defense. One more stat, one more little graph. This is in the story too. Check it out on dogsports.com um, if you want to see these more detail. But this is um, offensive explosiveness, right? This is how good your successful plays are. Georgia ranked first in the SEC last year with Stetson Bennett and with JT at 1.2 something last year. Um, and Georgia's 13th uh in this metric this year and at 1.08 and and mississippi state there's below us but they have a 52 percent success rate on offense and georgia's 49 percent um, on this other side you've got this is uh, average starting field position georgia is second in the league in average starting position starting at the at the opponent's 31.5 but only getting 4.4 yards per uh, per opportunity on those drives so they're they're getting shorter fields they, but they're not putting up points. And you saw that in the, the Arkansas game that we we settled for field goals uh, sometimes when you'd like to see an efficient offense punch it in. Um, that's a full point behind Alabama. That's behind Auburn. That's behind Tennessee. Um, we're getting a lot of opportunities because Georgia's shutting out a lot. So uh, that, that makes, you know, these are points per opportunity. So Georgia is actually getting more opportunities because of that elite defense. Okay. With that, Graham, did I get a, did it get all my points in? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the first thing I would say is that I don't think anyone's sitting here trying to argue that Stetson Bennett is the guy to take Georgia to a national title. The season, in my opinion, and I think in most people's opinion, has always hinged on JT Daniels being healthy, right? He's not healthy right now, but we're not doctors, so we're not going to get into whether or not he's, you know, I mean, I, everything that's been reported is that he needs a few weeks of rest. So you've got Stetson Bennett for the next few weeks. Right. So, I mean, I think what I would say about your, you know, your kind of spiel there, your stats, I mean, yeah. Defensive success rate, Georgia has given up. Yeah. Like 25%, like you said. Um, when I look at offensive success rate among teams, in the AP top 25, and this is this is from True Media Sports, which is who CBS Sports uses. So they probably filter garbage time differently than you do or, or whoever's running numbers that you're, you're pulling. But the only teams ahead of Georgia in offensive success rate in the top 25 are Coastal, Coastal Carolina and Oklahoma. Um, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, that seems good, right? Uh, if you look at offensive efficiency ratings, Georgia's number four in the country behind, who was it? Ohio State, Michigan, and, oh, I'm sorry, Ohio State, Alabama, and Coastal Carolina. And they're just a, a slight bit behind Alabama and Ohio State who are tied for second. Coastal Carolina, I'm not gonna really address. 
because they play G5 teams every week. I guess my point is, like, I think from a scheduling standpoint, uh, Georgia has played better defenses than I think a lot of people give them credit for. We know that Clemson defense was good. Like, they're they're a very good defense. But I think South Carolina's defense is better than a lot of people want to give them credit for. They're the 12th-ranked passing defense in, in the entire NCAA. Um, and, but, and, to, and to that point, JT played really well against that defense and that, that, yeah. J, that JT game. Um, so, yeah, the, I believe in the Todd Monk and JT offense. I do. Well, I think what I would say is these numbers were better when we looked at them a week ago. And then we went into the Arkansas game last week and you saw Georgia not try to throw the ball vertically not try to do really anything but shove it down Arkansas's throat over and over. And I would say any offensive coordinator that is able to get five and a half yards a pop on the ground every single time, which is what Georgia averaged in that game. I got a four is, point, I had it at 4.9, 56 carries and 273 yards is 4.9. I had 5.5 on the inside zone and inside power. So oh, that's okay. my All mistake. Right. But anyways – Point is on the ground. If you're let's call it five yards. If you're getting five yards every down, you're getting a first down every two plays. You're not you're not going to move away from that. And you go up twenty one nothing in a football game. I think Georgia threw three passes after they after the first two offensive drives and the the blocked punt on special teams. Why? Because Arkansas set in a three man front with an eight man secondary, and Georgia ran the ball. And if Arkansas was going to shift and come down and bring guys into the box and create matchups downfield, then you pass the ball downfield. But the thing that I appreciate about Todd Munkin is he seems to be fairly divorced from having a system and, you know, having kind of an ego driven thing that's connected to this is how we play offense and this is how we do it. And I think that these stats that we're looking at and talking about, and maybe from your angle, I think you're lacking a lot of game context just because Georgia dominated at the line of scrimmage in that game. And if you're doing that and you don't have to put the ball in the air, then you don't put the ball in the air. If you want to play UAB, who is going to sit six and seven guys in the box and leave Arian Smith in man coverage and Jermaine Burton in man coverage on the outside, then you go and throw the ball downfield and exploit that, which we saw Stetson Bennett do a very good job of. But that, I mean, that's my biggest issue with this is like, I would say your offensive stats after the, probably after the first quarter, if not first quarter and a half, basically Georgia went into garbage time mode and I, okay. to kill the clock. I, I, that was my issue. It's like, why are we in garbage time mode in the second quarter? If we're going to depend on Stetson Bennett to go on the road and our, uh, versus Auburn this week at home versus Kentucky two two teams right now that have one loss between them. And then we're staring down a bye week and who knows who's going to start the, the cocktail party. Uh, Georgia's off success rate, second, third, and fourth quarters was under under forty percent. Uh, I, I just don't qualify four point nine yards in you know offensive run blocking grades for the game by PFF of under sixty or below or for for the majority of the offensive line um, as running it down their throats Georgia style. Uh, four point nine yards per carry is not a domination. It's we won the game, we dominated them, but I just don't. I, I take a little issue with exactly what we're defining as running it down their throats. Um, and what do you I, define it as running down I, their throats? Six yards of carry, man. I mean, that six, six and a half, seven on, on games that we've dominated. We've had, 
I looked at it since the cocktail party in 2018 or 2019, uh, Georgia's had as many uh, five yard or greater games as they have 4.3 or less. Um, as I pointed out in my article today, the rush EPA uh, is at a three year low. Um, and, 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 you know, in that article, I pointed out how effectively you would not think of certainly uh, you, everyone t- remembers Joe Burrow in their championship year. Um, and they ran the ball really, really explosively and effectively at six point yards per carry and a, and a 0.22 something EPA on rushes. And we just, we're not there. We haven't been there. So I just don't see the rushing attack is a concern for me that we don't, we can't lean on it. Georgia's 2017 season was incredibly uh, powerful running game. 2018 was the same, but we're just not getting it this year. Hold on. Georgia played the second highest ranked behind Georgia defense in college football against the run. Arkansas had second highest yards per play allowed or second lowest yards per play allowed against the rushing of anyone, right? That's what we said before the game. Yep. So, 4.9 yards per carry is pretty good against. Yeah, that. we won. Is it, we, it is. We won the game. We we did it. It's not. It wasn't effortlessly, but it was. You know, a good game. But it was pretty effortlessly, man. Did you? I mean, you watched the game, right? I yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't. I just. I, I know. I was working. I watched, and I just didn't see just big gaping holes in 20 yard rushes. Again, that 13th, we're 13th in offensive explosiveness, but we're not getting, I saw huge... push though. Okay. I saw I, no, it was improved. four or five, six, seven yards guys getting moved downfield. I mean, we can get into that in the film. Yeah. Let's, my let's... thing though, my thing though, is that with all, this whole conversation and this argument, like I think personally, if the same thing was happening on the field right now, the same performance was happening but it was Carson Beck playing quarterback instead of Stetson Bennett, you would feel differently about it. Uh, but no, I think that you have, <laughs> I think you I have Stetson Bennett PTSD from last year, which I understand. I think a lot of people have it, but my opinion on it is just that, I mean, Stetson's throwing, he's completing what 70 something percent of his passes so far. I mean, like, yeah. I, I just think it, in, in football. And I think if, you know, when you play football, like if you are dominating someone up front the way that Georgia did on both sides of the ball, like you're right. Maybe there's a rainy day coming down the road. You made the comment of if Stetson's going to be the starter, why not, you know, I guess get him some work is what you're saying. And yeah, let's open the, the playbook. Offensive. We're going to need okay. the playbook. Well, yeah. right. But like why burn all these plays on the tape when you got to go on the road to Auburn and you got Kentucky coming into town if you don't have to? I mean, I think that's my thing. Like, if you watch what Todd Munkin's done this year, whether it was UAB or Vanderbilt or South Carolina or now the Arkansas game, first three or four drives of the game or two or three, depending on what's going on on the defense, like, it's pretty wide open. There's downfield passing happening. There's stuff going on. And then once it's, once it's not, he's like, well, why would I, why would I help the opponent scout me? There, that's a that's a totally valid argument. Um, I'm just, I'm, you know, we're we've we've talked about it, and we keep talking about all these plays. So let's. Let, is there anything else you want to do before we get into it? I mean, I think we can, we can wrap it up too at the end. We can go back to this. I just want yeah. To I would just say, you know, the the thing that I would say is like offensive efficiency is a very good way to you know efficiency ratings are a really good way to take in 
into com- into consideration what game state things are in when certain plays are happening. And seeing Georgia ranked fourth there, I think is a very good sign and tells me you shouldn't be super worried if you're a Georgia fan about this offense. This is the most ex- like this this offense. I'm telling you right now. I don't I don't care what the numbers say about 2017 or whatever. This is the most well-rounded Georgia offense that we have seen in Kirby Smart's tenure by a wide range. That's just what the the game tape and what I'm seeing on the field says to me. So and I mean that's just my opinion, right? I don't have any like metric to back that up with, but that's just how I feel about it. I, I think I think what we've talked about it is this is the most complete team that Georgia's had. Um, on paper, we just need to get them healthy. I, 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 the only, the biggest thing I is agree I with that. Totally. I, 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 I just, I just don't think that we can just assume that, that Stetson's going to get us to the cocktail party without just getting the shit scared out of us, to be honest. So we're, we're going to talk about the Auburn game coming up and we'll, we can continue this. I do want to, we want to get to some plays. So, Grant, all right, we'll get into the plays. We're getting to the plays. Okay. All so, right. this first play is play one. Play one, first play of the game. Uh, I like that Mocking turned a bad situation into his advantage. First play of the game, you put Stetson Bennett on the edge with the keeper. And I screamed for James Coley to do this throughout the entire year of 2019. When I did my coffee versus Coley video game project during COVID, the first play I ever ran was a keeper with Jake Fromm. And I just think it does, it showed Arkansas's edge guys, you can't cheat and crash into the backfield on the running backs. Uh, they said before the broadcast that Stetson Bennett has been clocked at 20 miles an hour in practice. So he's a little swifter than I realized, and I thought his mobility helped Georgia a lot on Saturday. Um, All right, here's clip two. Yeah, so these are the type of plays we talk about a lot and we talked about a lot last week on the preview show. Good job of Bennett finding Lad right when the linebacker turns his back. Um, you know, tough hit that he took there held on the ball. And then this next one's just the reverse angle of that clip three. Um, but you see the linebacker right there. Uh, number one, turn his head and Bennett fits it in there behind him. So good job kind of working that zone, that drop eight. That's it's dangerous to throw into, especially over the middle. Um, clip 10. Yep. So right. we talked about, Georgia working the outside edges of this Arkansas defense. I thought they did that really well on Saturday. You saw them hit it often on the first drive. This was the fourth outside run of that opening drive. Good job by Jermaine Burton there as well. Uh, I thought the downfield blocking from the wide receivers and tight ends was light years better than we've seen at any point this this season so far on Saturday. Um, Right here, we got third and one down by the goal line. This is grown man football right here. So Brock Bowers gets it comes across and gets a really good seal there for Zamir. And then look at Fitzpatrick. He drives that right defensive end all the way across the formation and past the hole. Um, just Georgia has it good, like has not been good in short yardage really at any point over the last three years. You know, I mean, they struggled on the goal line against Florida. They had the issues against Tennessee last year. So, like, seeing some of these plays on Saturday where everyone in the building knew what was about to happen and they were able to execute against an Arkansas defense that has been really strong against the run and that, you know, a lot of other, you know, I mean, Texas has put up, like, 60 points a game since playing Arkansas. And 
they got destroyed by this defensive line up front. So I was impressed with with that. Um, so clip 20 is what I got next. Yep, we got Darnell Washington in for his first play of the year, and he's going to come through and absolutely smack a linebacker and take him down to the turf. Uh, I just thought that was good to see. Uh, he doesn't seem quite healthy enough to run routes yet, or just they didn't have him run routes really on Saturday, but he's definitely a difference maker in the run game. There's no doubt about that. Um, and then, yep, 23. So push, right? We were just talking about it. Push was the story of the day. Georgia just pushed Arkansas off the ball. Big hole never really opens up here, but every O-lineman ends up five to seven yards downfield, and Kendall just pounds it into the pile and kind of keeps it moving. I love seeing Justin Schaefer come in and jump on the pile at the end of the play. I think um, Justin Schaefer was the highest-rated uh, uh, lineman blocking grade PFF, by the way, from what I saw in this, in this he, game. Too. He had a very good day. Um and then right here, fourth fourth down on the second drive of the game. This was the biggest play of the game, in my opinion. Um, again, always going to be this was always going to be a line of scrimmage football game here on fourth and long in a long one. Georgia makes a statement that they're not that they're going to be able to do this. They're going to they're going to run at you when you know it's coming. They're going to do it over and over. And you know, there's like we said, Saturday was just different than it's felt. And McClendon and Bowers get that push there. Bowers especially, and McClendon kind of double teams it with him um, off that right side, and Zamir does the rest. And then, yeah, going to 28. So, yep, we talked about getting McIntosh and Cooked matched up on Arkansas's linebackers. We particularly talked about Hunter Henry not being very good in the past game. Um, and here we've got James Cook matched up on Henry. Todd Monken finds the matchup he wants. Good throw by Stetson. Um, yeah, and then I think oh, 20, sorry, this is 20, sorry. 30 should be, I think, the yeah the reverse angle of this. So, yeah, you see Mitchell run off that DB, and it creates a matchup. And Georgia kind of tried to do a wheel route action again later in the game, and it didn't work because that zone behaved differently. It's just a tricky defense, man. I mean, like, watching, watching back – Throwing into that defense is is odd. Um, probably the favorite play of everyone from the day. Jalen Carter takes three dudes, dominoes them. Oh, beautiful job slowing that down. Love the effect there. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, that was yeah, that, that was, was that was crazy. <laughs> like he literally knocked three guys into each other like bowling. I, I, like you said, I was working on Saturday, but I had somebody actually one of the Chapel Bell Curve guys. Uh, Gordon texted me and said, "Check on Graham." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sent me the. You said something. Somebody was talking about it, but yeah, it was beautiful. Um, okay, so here, Brock Bowers is is a really complete tight end man. Uh, he was just killing it with these down blocks all day. You see, he's lined up at the bottom of the formation, and he just creates a seal there, and you know moves the guys out of the way. Um, I thought he did a good job. You saw him do that over and over and over. Uh, really beautiful stuff here. We've got a good explosive run. These downfield blocks were beautiful. Broderick Jones does a great job getting that seal at left tackle. And then you see Fitzpatrick and Mitchell out in front. Um, Mitchell could have held onto that block a little bit better. Zamir cut, or I'm sorry, uh, Cook cuts that outside. Maybe, maybe that goes to the house, but, um, yeah, man, every time James Cook has touched the ball this year, good things have happened. I think he may warrant a higher usage rate. I know that 
I say this a lot about different players because it changes, but like I think he's averaging eight point seven yards a a carry right now. Um, yeah, I, I you know I, I I love every time he touches the ball. I'm not sure that just because he's getting those plays, not that he doesn't warn it, but it, he's he's at a good usage rate. I, I don't want to you know overuse him or or make it predictable or whatever, but it, he's exciting to watch for sure. He's a hell of a weapon. Yeah, I'd like to see him use more in the pass game a little bit, which I think we will if we see Georgia actually get into a competitive game. Um, yeah, this uh, was incredible vision by Samir, right? So the left side collapses down just like we saw on the cook play. And so Arkansas's linebackers are going to come around that right side to fill. And Zamir says, sees that happening. And so he slips between Van Pran and Darnell into a crease that really isn't there and shouldn't exist and just turns a two yard gain into a 12 yard gain with, with some vision and balance and getting low behind his pads. Um, so, and then, yeah, this ball is either late by Stetson or this is a misread by Bowers. I kind of think Bowers was, should have set down earlier on that throw. Um, he runs himself sort of into the coverage, but yeah, you, you saw that, uh, 17 kind of shoot back there and that was, you know, McIntosh was, was out there on a wheel. I think it was McIntosh. Um, no, it wasn't, I'm sorry. That was Burton, but yeah, he basically leaves, leaves the, the man up there closer to the line of scrimmage and drops back. Uh, probably a bad decision by Stetson. I'm not sure if that was more on Stetson or Bowers, but either way, it was kind of the only near turnover of the day. Um, and then once we hit the second half, man, I mean, it's like we were talking about a second ago, like Georgia just went into full lean on Arkansas mode. And I thought this was beautiful by Warren Erickson. He comes off the line and fires off and uh, just gets on, gets onto his man, gets on his opponent's outside shoulder and drives him back five yards uh, across. I'm the sorry. I was, show, I was showing that whole drive there back, back on 72 H now. Oh, all right. Uh, so great stuff by Van Pran and McClendon here. Uh, Warren got downfield. I like seeing Jamari 10 yards downfield, getting on linebackers too. This this offensive line is starting to figure out this Mock and Luke system. And it's been a it's been kind of a, a tough year and a half or so of transition with COVID and no spring ball. But these guys are, you know, Monken and Luke want these guys getting downfield and getting to the second level. And they're starting to do that with regularity. And they're starting to make better decisions when they get there. I saw the the blocking grades from PFF. I mean, I, I get it. I don't know enough about how they're, like, you know, creating those blocking grades, but there's not an offensive line coach or a head coach or or a coach at all out there that's going to tell you a, an offense that ran it 56 times at five yards a clip had a bad day. There's just not. I mean, like, those guys had a phenomenal day. There was so much stuff that was improved that we haven't seen all, all year long. And they were just, I mean, a from an execution and finding, finding who they're supposed to block standpoint, but B just from a, a physicality standpoint, there was a different mentality about them. Um, all right. You want to get on to 83? We got to like, yeah, hey, yeah. 83. So this is an incomplete pass, but I think it says a good bit about where Stetson Bennett has come from the guy we saw last year. His mobility was, was big in this game, but shrugs off a seven yard sack and then just gets rid of the ball instead of throwing the ball across his, 
his body in into harm's way, just lofts it over the, you know, over the players there, avoids any sort of penalty potential. But uh, I, there was a few times on Saturday where he could have forced it into coverage and he didn't because Georgia didn't need him to because the defense wasn't going to let them score. This is what I'm talking about right here, Josh. Yeah. This is no, there's there's not a Georgia fan or any football fan that doesn't want to see this kind of push and this kind of con- finishing the run. I loved it. Yeah, that was exciting. Um, and I mean, that's just kind of the tail of the day, right? So we got nasty run by Milton here. Also a nasty block by Darnell Washington in the hole. He stones Hayden Henry 27 right there, creates that gap. You see Kendall spin a couple times. Um, and then you got Zamir. This is a ridiculous run, man. The amount of balance that he's gotten back and the strength that he's built back into those knees. If you or I ever had our knee in that position, we would probably never walk again. <laughs> and he's just like pops, pops up and keeps rolling and, and scores a touchdown. And then, um, and our yeah. last, uh, and then we got the last play of the uh, of the offensive side of tonight. Yep, and just I have, you know, kind of been critical of Kenny McIntosh and short yardage at times this year and wondered why George has been running him there, but just he ran tough all day. Um, did a really good job picking his way through that hole, finding, you know, finding a crease, had his vision. Uh, so I was, I was impressed with him. Um, I also think, you know, last thing I'll say on the O-line performance before we move on to the defense is just, this is the best D-line that Georgia is going to face until – Maybe Florida, but probably until Alabama. Um, and and they handled them very well. So thought that was encouraging. All right. I, I still think we got a test coming up. I, I think the defense of Auburn's decent. Uh, to, no, to, I mean, they're not. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for Thursday. We'll, we'll look it. at the Georgia State tape, and then we'll talk about it now. I mean, like, I don't know. We'll I'm not, I didn't, we'll in fairness, that. I'm not going to record the Georgia State game. You're gonna, I know. You're, 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 you're going to have the uh, Penn State game. I might game. have to go find – yeah. No, oh, you have the Penn you. State, you're going to have the Penn State game, you're going to have the LSU game. But, okay. All right. Defensive side of the ball. All right. So, we talked about that Georgia had to set edges in this game, right? And here you see Trevon Walker. He does not play, make the play, but – first play from scrimmage he gets out wide and forces that running back towards his help right and that's the difference in a short run and an explosive play sometimes it's subtle it's mental it requires some intelligence and UGA is very very good at these things they've got a bunch of athletic freak shows on the defensive line but those athletic freak shows are also doing all of the little things right and that's why this defense is playing so good um Devontae Wyatt man just continues to be Incredible, along with Davis and Carter. This is abuse. Just try try and block me one-on-one. You can't. You see him right here. Bust through. Take 55, the guard. The running back doesn't even try. He makes a business decision. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we said before the game that Arkansas had gotten most of its yardage off outside runs, but we also said we thought Georgia's linebackers would be too quick for that and that they would beat the running backs to the corner. We talked about Tyndall specifically. Um, there you go. Yeah. So here you see. Oh, it's around the outside run here. You want to, I'm going to go. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He just does a good job stringing that play out. Uh, I thought his speed was big, kind of keeping them contained on those outside runs. Uh, so, and then 
Yeah, uh, there's not too many teams with a defensive end that's athletic enough to drop into a zone and then plant a wide receiver into the ground after a catch, but that's what Trevon Walker does right here. Um, I just you see him drop off at the snap there. I was impressed. You know, he's he's falling around, but he makes a really good form tackle in space. Um, this is our boy Christopher Smith breaking on the ball before it ever gets thrown. He does this multiple times every game. He comes downhill and beats Brittany and Tyndall to the ball, despite being lined up way behind them to start to play. Like he's seeing the field so well right now, uh, probably because he's the official ambassador of Dog Sports Live and <laughs> attached himself to this show. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, he's playing great. He was a captain on Saturday. I was happy for him. Excited to see that. Uh, here you've got uh, this next play, um, 31E. Yep. We see Nakobe Dean take on the center and the right tackle on a run play. And he shucks both of them out to make this tackle for loss. It's just like, that's unreal, man. Like a linebacker just dominating um, basically two offensive linemen like that. Like, yeah, it, it was impressive. Um, and then we've got the, uh, the punt block. So beautiful design, execution, et cetera. Um, but just, I love seeing Dirty Dan, dude, Dan Jackson, you know. Um, credit to Muschamp for designing a really good punt block with the kind of basically a delayed blitz in here. No one's watching for the walk-on. He comes through, makes a really good play. Don't ever tell me Kirby Smart can't develop. That kid's made some some pretty important plays this year. He covered Clemson's running back one-on-one -on, -one on the goal line. Like, he's doing a really good job. That was our first special teams play, I believe, of our uh, of our season here. And it was. And it was a good one. I left it in there for you. All right, 32. Uh, yeah, so Jalen Carter right here, you're going to see him just submarine under the offensive lineman and uh, get low to stop Jefferson on that quarterback run. But just really fantastic awareness and eyes by him. Uh, he seems to always know where the ball is. And, like, even when he's in situations where you feel like he might not – be able to see what's happening in the play. He makes plays like that. Um, this was the only play of the game where Georgia's defense really didn't look like themselves. You never see this team miss multiple tackles on a play. There's one, there's two, there's three. Um, so that was just kind of, I think Bernie expected him to go out of bounds, but you got to put him out of bounds. And then we've got Christopher again, uh, just, I think he may have been told to follow Traylon Burks around all day because everywhere that he went, Smith was there. And again, incredible anticipation and eye discipline. Just, I mean, like coming yeah. up, doing that's, a great job. That's clearly just coaching and, and planning and getting your player there and, and on Christopher's part, making that and executing. Yep. And then we've got a uh, good job by Quay here. Uh, he forces KJ to keep this and stay inside. Um, just, you know, 99 Jordan Davis obviously gets off his blocker and makes that tackle low on Jefferson, but all these little zone reads are designed for one of these linebackers to crash and then, you know, to, to go in the wrong direction and did a good job with his eye discipline, staying, staying there and forcing that play inside. And then, um, yeah, perfect job defending that zone read here by uh, Walker. He doesn't crash early, 
forces Jefferson to make the handoff and then comes and makes the tackle right there, 44. Um, again, it's designed to put him into conflict and force him to make a choice, and he just doesn't play into their hands, and he doesn't make a choice until it's the choice that he wants to make. So great patience. Uh, Darion Kendrick, man, what was the reputation all summer? This dude doesn't tackle. He's not that hard-nosed, doesn't have that much want to. That was what, you know, Clemson fans kind of said about him. Um, that guy is – and, I mean, there were some things on tape that were concerning with him and his tackling ability, but, like, that dude has been very, very willing to come up and help in the run game. And here you see him make a great read, come in, make yeah, a here's, big tackle here's that, for the loss. Here's that sky cam there. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty angle. Um, then you're, you're going to see this next play, uh, a hundred times, maybe a thousand times between now and the NFL draft. And this is Jordan Davis shooting a gap and then chasing a running back who runs a four, four or a four five down from behind. And that should not be possible from a laws of physics standpoint. Uh, but, but it is, and he does it and it's just, it's crazy. There's no way the you know, he should exist, but he does, and he plays for Georgia, and we should be very happy about that. And then, uh, Brenny, this was beautiful play, man. He's been insanely good in coverage this season, but we talked about how Arkansas does a lot of work on the sidelines with comeback routes and Jefferson rolling out. Brenny watched film last week, man. He knew what was coming. It's hard for a DB to not get out of position in that situation, and he was able to, to stay in the right spot and get between – uh, his man and the ball, just that guy has been unreal. And then last play, look at Lewisine, keep his eyes on the backfield here, and then close on the wide receiver, make a nice play on a 50-50 ball in coverage. Um, I thought the story of this defense continues to be the defensive line and the linebackers and how good that front seven is, and that's for good reason. That should have been the last clip, I think. Okay, I got 92 on here, but right. it's sure it's a good play. <laughs> yeah, we're chasing down. Oh, all right. interesting. Um, all right, doesn't yeah. matter. No, you're good. But, yeah, I mean, just what I would say is, uh, like, we keep talking about that front seven and for good reason because they're making all these havoc plays. But, like, the reason we keep seeing these sacks and all this other stuff going on is because uh, Josh, I don't think we have picture right now. We do, we do. You don't have it on there. It's okay, going no worries. I'm trying to save some bandwidth. Sorry. All good. Um, but yeah, just you know, it, it's because we're getting such good coverage on the back end. Um, I mean, there's some sacks where you see Nicobe Dean or or Nolan or whoever it is like come off the jump and just get into the backfield and. It's, it's a done deal quick, but there's also a lot of sacks this defense gets where the quarterback has the ball for four and five seconds, and those are covered sacks. And I think, you know, we've – there's been, there were some questions, obviously, about the secondary coming into the season. A lot of those got answered against Clemson. Um, but they continue to improve. They continue to look good. I mean, like, Burks is the best wide receiver this defense is going to face, I think, all season, all regular season, yes. until they see – Jamison Williams, right, and against Alabama. So um, they did a very good job with him and just I, I was making plays. 
I was reading a tweet, a response that our friend uh, Brett Rollins, Brent Rollins put out there and talked about, you know, all the sacks and all the all the pressures and stuff. And that's a lot of the sacks of coming with quarterbacks having greater than three seconds to throw. And that tells you those are coverage plays. You yeah. know, that, and that means the guys are covered up and there's not windows and they're not guys open and they're having to hold the ball an extra half a second. And that can be a pressure, or a sack, or a tackle for loss. So it's a it's a complete defense. And totally. uh, as as much as the offense is sort of kind of still trying to find an, I don't know, not saying identity, but trying to get healthy and, and get guys on the offensive line where they want to be and where we're best suited. Um, and our, our wide receiver skill position players are getting healthy and stuff. The defense is peak uh, and, and it's, it's exciting as hell to watch. And just cause I'm ragging on the offense does not mean that I do not appreciate the defense and how awesome it is to watch and how, how elite, absolutely elite it is. So, so uh, did you see Kirby's comments today about health of some skill players? Yeah, he said that uh, Darnell and Tyke are, are the closest to being 100%. Tyke a little bit more than Darnell. Uh, so that's just get, uh, defense getting even deeper and healthier. Uh, and it sounds like Darnell's close. So, well, like Darnell's he said close. that uh, he expects Rosemi to play yeah. this weekend and that – Blaylock and uh, Arian could be back as well. So that would be good. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the Auburn, the Auburn uh, preview because we can, we can argue about this some more or debate debates a nice word for argue. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what the tape says. I have an opinion of Auburn from watching them a few games this season so far, but uh you know, we'll see. We'll see what the film says, and we'll go from there on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, we all watched the LSU game and saw some of the plays that Bo Nix got away with, and there's no other way to describe them other than getting away with them. Um, and uh, I'm excited for <laughs> I'm excited Tyler from getting loose downfield. I don't think is going to happen on uh, against like Lewis scene. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I'm. I'll, I'll just say I'm on the under. <laughs> I just think it's going to be a little. It's a 44-point game, uh, so uh, I know we'll get into our picks with our Odds Jam's Picks of the Week and with our sponsor, Alex from Odds Jam. Uh, yeah. So, all right, anything else before you uh, want to wrap it up, Graham? Um, no, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it uh, on Thursday, and I'm sure this will kind of probably reheat some of this conversation about the offense and how competent they are or are not. But, uh, yeah, I think if you're a Georgia fan, um, and I'm speaking to myself and everyone also kind of speaking to you a little bit, uh, is just like, let's not borrow trouble. Um, it seems like JT should be back at some point. I've seen people be like, well, Georgia's not going to beat Alabama with Stetson Bennett. And it's like, well, yeah, you're probably right about that. But we got a month or two. We got two months before we need to worry about that. This this team has started this season as good as any team has started a season for Georgia in a, in a long time. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, outscoring your opponents uh, 91 to nothing in the first quarter over a four game stretch is pretty dominant. Um, so I think enjoy, enjoy this group, especially this defensive group. This front seven is really special. And I just don't think you're going to see a group like this maybe ever again, anywhere in college football. Uh, I, I'm not, you know, like this, this 
front seven may you may look back on it like you talk about like the 2001 Miami Hurricanes or something like that and say like oh look all these guys went and played the NFL and these four were all pros and all of that so uh, have fun with it man I, I you know Auburn's coming up it'll be a test a test to go on the road be a tough task for sure but um, I just think this team's a little different in terms of mentality and focus and uh, I'm I wouldn't be super worried about it until they give you a reason to worry about it. If that makes sense. It makes sense. I'm, uh, and I believe in the defense. Um, just, I just, I just want to get healthy. That's all I want. I want, I want to be a lead on offense because I think it's going to, we're going to need to score some points at some point. We're going to keep, we're going to, we're going to be here all season. Ladies and gentlemen, tip your waitresses. <laughs> uh, we, we appreciate, I know Graham, if you didn't check out Graham's 12 takeaways, uh, he goes into some depth on his own. He's doing those on Sunday afternoons. It's available on Twitter, YouTube, and the podcast. Please subscribe and rate us on the podcast. It's on Spotify, Google play and Apple iTunes. Our subscribers are way, way up on YouTube, uh, and we're enjoying all the feedback. You guys are really giving us some some really great things, and it makes it a lot of fun to do. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but we're doing this for free. This is a hobby, and uh, we all have day t- full-time jobs to uh, take care of and families and cats and dogs and all that. So, <laughs> so, so that feedback. New that, wives. Yeah, yeah, new, yeah new, newlyweds uh, among us. So we, the feedback is important and we appreciate it, whether it's in a review on podcasts or just a DM or comment on YouTube. We appreciate it. Uh, with that, we'll be back later. On. We're going to try to do a Sunday recap with Graham, Tuesday review and Thursday a preview show. So we're going to try to do that schedule. So uh, yeah. with that, I'm going to get us out of here and go dogs. Go dogs.